All right, boys and girls, welcome to the Rock and Roll Garage. I'm your Uncle Jimmy. We're going to be doing a little podcast action today. It's called Grease the Wheels. We'd like for you to listen in if you're an automotive technician. And if you're not an automotive technician, eh, you could still listen if you want. I'm not going to come and find you and beat your ass. But it's really not tailored to you and it's not for you. But, you know, if you feel like you want to listen, go right ahead, dickhead. All right. Hey, uh, what I want to talk to you about today. I think it's a very important subject, uh, and I don't get these very often. You know me, I'm kind of a fucking wise guy and a clown, so I don't really get to the uh, the whole important uh, stuff you need to hear kind of uh, shit very often, but here it is. Uh, I want to talk to you about danger. Danger. Uh, really, honestly, uh, boys and girls, danger lurks everywhere, and I don't even really give a shit where you are. I mean, f- for Christ's sakes, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic, and uh, I think we're all suffering from... Uh, Corona madness, COVID-19 out there ready to strike at any moment and kill you dead, which I haven't really seen myself personally, but I have read stories and and know a few people who have uh, actually passed away from it. But uh, for the most part, it doesn't seem to be as severe as uh, it is played up. Okay, but I think the very least we can do is wear a mask. It's not so terrible that, uh, you know, I mean, it's not like we have to wear a mask and then glasses and gloves and maybe a cup and before we go out into the, to the general public, you, you know, if that kind of stuff had to go on, I'm pretty sure that we'd uh, we would have been over this a little while ago. But since uh, since we're just wearing a mask and it's not that huge of a deal to wear a mask, I think that we can all kind of deal with that at least for a little while longer. I think eventually, uh, and probably after the election, we are going to jettison the masks and we're going to look around at each other and say, "Are we? Are we? Are we? Are we okay now?" I mean, it's going to be one of those deals where you stutter when you say, "Are we good?" Are, are we good now? Can we can we like go out into a club and maybe stand next to somebody? Uh, can we can we you know go go see a show? Can we go to the movies? Can we fucking eat in a restaurant for fuck's sake? I mean, when is it going to end? I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. If you listen to this podcast, you'll know that I thought by now it would be way the fuck over, but apparently not. And uh, the timing of it and also the length of it suggests that there are actually reasons behind this pandemic but i'm not going to go into that now we don't really want to we don't really want to get labeled that way okay we don't want to be uh you know thought of as uh subversive giving out false information i don't have any information to give out that would be correct or false so we're going to go with that but we're going to talk about dangers that exist in your shop and in your life as an automotive technician and there's tons of them and if you're kind of dumb or dopey uh especially like i am uh, you have to be careful, more careful than usual in a shop because some dangerous shit goes on in there, okay? There's a lot of equipment that does specific jobs that if not used correctly, can definitely fuck your day up. Can definitely fuck your day up and fuck you up at the same time, okay? So I wanted to kind of give you a little heads up on, on what's going on with working as an automotive technician and trying to be safe. Now, one of the first things I want to talk to you about is your eyeballs, Okay. Kind of can't be an auto mechanic if you're fucking blind. Am I correct? So uh, I have found in my experience that a lot of shops would like for all of the technicians working in it to wear safety glasses of some sort. And, you know, it's funny because, uh, well, I wouldn't say it's funny. It's, It's something that would be a really, really good idea, but it's also really, really not getting done. I personally have been wearing my safety glasses a heck of a lot more lately, but only because they're bifocals 
And uh, I can see better with them on, believe it or not. Although I got to be honest with you, I have probably the craziest looking set of safety glasses that you'll ever see. They make me kind of look like, I don't know, uh, a Poindexter, <laughs> if you will. Uh, they make me look more like a geek than I normally do without them. So uh, I, the people are kind of put off by it. And uh, but only, only a couple of people have ever said anything to me. They say, what, what's, up, what's up with the safety glasses? I go, well, you know, honestly, uh, we're supposed to wear safety glasses in the shop, you know? And they're like, oh yeah, sure. It's not going to happen. But uh, a lot of the people that come around and uh, beat, beat us about the head and neck area about safety uh, things in the shop would definitely recommend it. And a lot of times they'll actually insist on it. And then five seconds after they're gone, we take the fucking things off. Listen, uh, nobody wants to wear them, okay? It can be very uncomfortable. They shouldn't be, and you should probably wear them 100% of the time. But here's your Uncle Jimmy with a reality check. You're not going to wear them 100% of the time. But if you are using power tools, and some of you do use a lot of power tools, if you're using power tools that cut or grind things or have you know wildly spinning devices on the end of them, you should definitely definitely wear your safety glasses because if something comes flying out of them uh and and one of the one of the major culprits in this particular case is something along the lines of a wire wheel okay because what a wire wheel is is basically what it what it says it's a wheel with wires sticking out of it and you you spin it around at you know five six seven thousand rpms and you stick nuts and bolts and whatever else you want in there and it cleans them it does a fucking fabulous job they go on my uh air cutoff tool or they go on my uh, die grinder or, or perhaps I have half of my bench grinder dedicated to a wire wheel. But these things, these little things, you guys know this, if you've ever used it, even for just five seconds, you know that those things like to shoot those little pieces of wire out and there ain't nobody in the world who can blink fast enough to keep one of these fucking things from going into your eye. So if you are gonna use a wire wheel of any type, Get your motherfucking safety glasses on because if I hear about any of you guys listening to this podcast and then later on getting one of these things stuck in your eye, I'm going to come over to your fucking place where you you live or or maybe where you still work and I'm going to fucking give you shit, okay? Because I told you, I'm fucking telling you right now, if you're, if you're dicking around with a wire wheel, have your fucking safety glasses on because I go home sometimes and I dig them out of my skin. You know, they go through my shirt and into my skin and I don't even, you know, I don't feel it because I'm a big, thick, numb bastard. But I have, I've dug them out of my shirt. I've dug them out of my chest. I've dug them out of my arms. I've got, I brushed them out of my hair. I use these fucking things a lot. So just so you know that there's a lot of experience with this and the fucking things go everywhere. I mean, sometimes they just go on the floor. Sometimes they stick in the ceiling. Sometimes, you know, they're all over the place. But where the one place you absolutely do not want them is in your freaking eyeball. So put the fucking safety glasses on for Christ's sakes. And you know what? It wouldn't be a bad idea to wear a mask when you're dicking around with these things because they make a lot of dust. And if you're like me and you hate having to, you know, fucking blow your nose and or pick it, for that matter, and get these big black boogers out of there, you could wear a mask and that would, you know, keep your nose clean. Let's put it that way. And we all need to keep our nose clean as a metaphor. And in reality, we want to keep our nose clean. I know that that a lot of us aren't going to wear the safety glasses very often. Uh, and I'm sure as I'm sitting here right now talking to you that there's half a dozen people listening right now who are going to, I fucking wear them all the time now because somebody did get something in their eye at one point in time. It happens, shit happens, and you have to be ready for it. And this is the whole thing with the, with the safety glasses, okay? So that's important shit. And one of the other things that you're going to want to do 
to keep yourself safe is a mask and not just because of the the corona madness okay we nobody wants the corona madness and we're all pretty fucking tired of it but there's a lot of of shit and i'm just using that word to describe stuff in the air there's a lot of shit in the air there's a lot of stuff in the air there's dirt there's dust there's pollen there's mold garbage that's come off via the wire wheel or via a air cutoff tool or you know metal shavings metal dust and sometimes you know it could be steel dust or aluminum dust or it could even be you know sh- plastic shards this shit goes in the air and there is nothing nothing to keep this shit from going into your lungs other than the hair in your nose which and the mucus that lines your nose and and your throat and sometimes they do a pretty good job of getting that shit out of there but if you're fucking overwhelming the the air that you breathe without a mask on you are going to be coughing shit up later and and here's another thing too i just want to warn you about and believe me i have a lot of experience with this is um, if you use sandblasters or any kind of a blasting kind of arrangement in your shop definitely definitely wear a mask if you have a sandblaster and and obviously a lot of sandblasters use well wait for it sand you definitely want to stop using sand okay because if you breathe in the dust that is created uh, when you sandblast with sand you're going to get if you do it enough you're going to get this shit called silicosis which uh, is uh, kind of a, a, a residue of sand dust in your lungs and it doesn't come out it goes in there and it clogs you up. And if you've ever sandblasted without a mask or if you've you know, just worn a hood and not worn a mask, uh, if you're blasting outside or something like that, or you just use a blasting cabinet, but there's a lot of dust around it, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you will actually get to the point where you will throw up this clear liquid. I'm not making this up. You'll puke this clear liquid that comes out of your lungs, actually. Uh, and it, it's contaminating your lungs and keeping you from getting oxygen. And it makes you lightheaded. Seriously, you need to protect yourself against the dust of sand. And in fact, if you uh, were to buy a sandblaster or to rent one, they would say to you, listen, you, you, know, you can use any abrasive you want, but you want to stay away from using sand, even though it's the cheapest and most readily available and actually does a really, really good job. Uh, you want to try using some other sort of uh, what they call media. And if you're going to use sand, get a good mask that uh, is used for uh, sanding. Uh, usually these uh, the mask I use if I'm sandblasting with sand is a 8210 uh, 3M mask. Uh, it's good for painting and sanding. Uh, I don't really trust it to keep all that stuff out, not 100%, but uh, it does knock it down to a, a much more, uh, shall we say, livable kind of a level. Okay, so do that. Um, also, too, you know, as a, as a mechanic as an automotive technician and for the rest of you out there that are technicians as well there are just a god awful amount of uh, different fluids in the machines that we're fucking with okay uh cars especially uh some heavy duty machinery uh, some you know uh heavy duty trucks heavy duty machinery such as you might find on a work site in a crane or as a you know in a generator there is going to be uh, a myriad of different fluids, uh, usually oil of some type in the crankcase for the engine. There is going to be gear oils in the transmission or the power device that is attached to it, whatever it may be. There's always oil in there, usually to lubricate and sometimes cool and sometimes both. There's going to be gear oils, uh, depending on what kind of a, 
a piece of equipment you're working on, there may be refrigerants in there. If there's air conditioning in that unit, uh, a lot of a lot of things need to be air conditioned besides the people in the cab or that are operating whatever piece of machinery it is. All of these fluids, okay? And I made a little list here. There's oil, there's gasoline, there's diesel fuel, there's DEF, which is diesel exhaust fluid, which in the beginning, when I first heard about it, I thought maybe it was a joke, but it's not. Uh, it's urea. Uh, mildly poisonous, believe it or not. Uh, transmission fluids, uh, these are all oils, and lately uh, most of them are synthetic. Uh, and I'll tell you something, this being synthetic didn't really change the taste of them at all because I, unfortunately, having crawled around on the ground underneath a car trying to wedge a tranny into a car in the garage in a barn, when I, in my youth, I gotten a mouthful of uh, transmission fluid at different times and spit it out but still had to taste it so uh, and i found the synthetic stuff doesn't taste any better boys and girls coolant especially coolant is absolutely completely and 1000 percent poisonous for people for human beings for you for me uh and it may be po- it's, it's definitely poisonous for cats don't ask me how i know that uh it's poisonous for uh, all living things pretty much so keep the coolant away from and this is fucked up about coolant to keep the coolant away from yourself what you're drinking and any of the animals in your general vicinity because for some reason or another coolant smells delicious to dogs and cats and they will drink it and they also will die. So be very, very careful with your coolant, uh, especially if you're a home mechanic or if you have a shop dog. Uh, and, and I endorse the, the whole shop dog thing, but uh, they have to be smart about not getting their shit, not getting their nose, their lip, their their tongues, uh, dog lips. I don't think they have lips, Uncle Jimmy. Well, if they, they, they have jowls, but uh, you want to keep them from getting any of these chemicals in there, okay? There's uh, brake fluid. Uh, obviously that shit's no good for you. Don't get that shit in your system. And you shouldn't even really get any of these chemicals on your fucking hands, okay? And this is the reason, uh, and, and this has been, I wanna say in about the last 20 years or so, I find that mechanics have been wearing gloves. And I think that this is a, an extraordinarily good idea that uh, technicians wear some sort of a, a glove to protect their hands because when you get shit, on your fucking hands, boys and girls, when you get gas on your hands or oil, transmission fluid, brake fluid, even fucking washer solvent and coolant, all these things, there are nasty ass fucking chemicals in there and they have a name. They call them carcinogenics, which means eh, they're cancer causing, okay? And you get them on your skin and they get absorbed into your system. They they will get absorbed into your system and you don't want that so if you've got gloves or if you're thinking about wearing gloves get started wearing them i've been wearing them for years uh for a very long time i didn't wear gloves and i would wash my hands uh literally incessantly okay i would wash them 10 12 15 times a day because i was dealing with a lot of high-end cars and they all had light colored interiors, it seemed like. Uh, I'm sure that there were a few that were black, but for the most part, they were all tan or some, some were even actually white, which I find ridiculous. I mean, uh, nothing really could get dirtier than a white interior, especially if you're a dirty ass motherfucker like me and you go and you climb in some guy's car and you start touching all of his shit and you can tell exactly where you were and he might even be able to match your fingerprints up with a, you know, a serial rapist in uh you know, Southern California in the seventies at some point in time. But I mean, seriously, you can, you you will make a huge mess. So I would, I would not wear the gloves. I didn't have them. They weren't available, but I would wash my hands all the time. And 
eventually it made my hands raw and chafed and they, the skin would peel and my hands hurt like all the time. And then I figured out that I was allergic to some of the shit that's in hand lotion. And I le- learned also that that same shit was in some of the soaps that we were using. So I had uh, a job of mine was to find a, uh, a decent soap, a decent uh, degreaser, if you will, that didn't have this particular substance in it. It was called uh, paraben, which apparently is a form of, uh, of wax. It's like paraffin, but it's paraben. And it's in a hell of a lot of, you know, anti-grease soaps that you get, you know, like the, the Gojo and, and the DNL hand cleaner and all that. They have a lot of parabens in them. And they used to kick the shit out of my hands. It was terrible. And I really thought I was going to have to quit being an auto mechanic, which I didn't want to do because, and I've said it before, I have passion for the job. But if your hands are going to be raw and bleeding all the time, you, you, you're going to have to give up the profession. So uh, I found uh, two things to fix the problem. Number one, I found products that didn't have parabens in them. Hand lotion that didn't have paraben in it. It was uh, a vino. They, they were without that stuff, so I was good there. And then I found... Uh, Cherry Bomb, this stuff by, uh, I forget it was Zep, I think makes it. And uh, and it didn't have parabens in it. So I could use that shit all day long and it wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna cause any kind of an allergic reaction. And then I started wearing the gloves. And uh, I know a lot of you wear the gloves now. We all have different preferences. And for me, personally, uh, my place of employment will supply gloves, but the gloves that they supply are cheap and shitty. And so I buy my own. I buy some really good gloves and actually I will use them all day and then sometimes into the next day, the, the gloves I use. They're very, very good gloves. They uh, they do their job and, and you can put them back on, you know, numerous times. Uh, they're pretty tough. Uh, they don't, you know what they don't like though? This is so fucking dumb. I know that if you wear gloves, you've run into this. Fucking, they don't like wire ties. If you run your hand along a wire tie, it grabs your glove and just rips it right off your hand. And you go, what the fuck, <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> and a lot of sharp edges, especially plastic edges. I, it does seems to be, uh, if every time I put my hand inside an engine compartment and I have a little tight area, the plastic fasteners that are in the fucking thing grab the goddamn gloves and just tear them right off my hands. It's kind of irritating. But you get used to wearing the gloves after a while. And then... You get to a point, actually, where if you're working on a car and you're not wearing gloves, it doesn't feel right, which is which is weird because in the beginning, wearing gloves, to you initially, anyway, looks ridiculous. It looks ridiculous, and, and you think that people are going to think you're a doctor or something, and uh, uh, I think one of, the wor- <laughs> one of the worst things that's happened to me in a while was uh, I was out driving a customer's car somewhere as a test drive, and I still had my gloves on, and I also had my safety glasses on, so I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I looked I must have looked horrible. I mean more horrible than usual. And <laughs> I went through a drive-thru to get a hamburger. I figure if I'm on a test drive and I you know I'm going by a fast food restaurant and I need some lunch anyway and I'm and I'm you know come headed back to the shop, I'll just grab a hamburger really quick. So here I am in the drive-thru paying for my lunch with with latex gloves on and, and safety glasses on. <laughs> and I think the, the ladies in the drive-thru are just like, what kind of fucking weirdo do we have here? And I well, if you listen to my podcast, you'll find out for sure. You know? <laughs> yes, he's definitely a weirdo, ladies and gentlemen, but he's our goddamn weirdo. He's Uncle Weirdo. <laughs> but, I, you know, I don't want to be serious about the safety uh, aspects of what you do, okay? And I was mentioning earlier about wearing the safety glasses and... and I know a lot of you are going to chafe at it. Uh, I chafe at it. I don't want to do it. But, you know, if you're using equipment that throws shit into the air, whether it's an air cutoff tool or a wire wheel or even an impact gun, 
with a fucking <laughs> swivel socket on it. Uh, and it might not be a impact swivel socket. We've been known to do whatever we have to do, right? So just, just be careful with the eyeballs and be careful with your hands. Don't, you know, I mean, if shit's running, you have to kind of use your head. In the old days, and I talk about the old days because I lived through them, but in the old days, you had shit that's a lot of shit on the front of an engine that's spun. Okay, you have alternators, power steering pumps, you had fans, you had air conditioners. You know, there was a myriad of, of accessories on the front of an engine. Uh, and, and I'm talking about maybe the 70s and into the 80s, but there was a ton of shit up there spinning. And there was, at one point in time, there was different belts going to each one of them. And then eventually they came up with a system where there was one belt. And then eventually they got rid of uh, a lot of the shit. You know, I, mean, I think most vehicles still have some sort of an alternator or a generator, uh, but a lot of them have electric uh, power steering units on the steering rack. So that's not on the engine anymore. And then air conditioning, uh, a lot of vehicles that I work on now have electric AC compressors, which is weird. That's mostly a hybrid thing, but still there you are with just an alternator and, and even water pumps now uh, in some cases are electric as well. So there's not a belt driving that. So you'll have just one accessory and fans. Uh, a lot of cases, fans are not driven by the engine anymore. They're driven, they're electric. You know, you have uh, uh, 12 volt fans either in front or in back or on both sides of a radiator okay so you don't have to and these these sorts of things you don't have to really worry about them too much they'll hurt a little bit but if you stick your hand or your fingers in to an electric cooling fan yeah it's going to sting a little bit but it's not going to chop it off but in the old days you used to have steel fans bolted right to the fucking engine and there was no stopping them okay they were like a fucking saw blade and if you touch them and the engine was going any faster than like seven or eight hundred rpms it could cut your fucking finger off so you had to be careful so you need to be careful when you're working on a car to kind of stay the fuck away from moving parts and if you have jewelry take that shit right the fuck off okay seriously number one jewelry is not for men as far as i'm concerned i don't care if you have piercings in your ears in your nose on your dick on your belly button or on your fingers even. I don't care where you have your jewelry. Take that shit off. Uh, and when you're working on a car, jewelry can be deadly. Now, there's been many stories out there that I've heard uh, and I wasn't able to, I didn't look any of them up. I, I've just heard stories where individuals had jewelry on when they were working on a car and something grabbed it and pulled them into it and and, and hurt them. Uh, I've heard stories of people who had wedding rings on or some sort of rings and they were electricians and uh, they were wearing gloves and they were wearing, you know, suits to keep them from getting uh, electrically shocked. But they had a hole in their glove where their wedding ring was. And the next thing you know, they're dead because they got an electrical shock through that goddamn hole where their wedding ring was. So don't let that be you, okay? Take the fucking thing off, throw it in your locker. I think your old lady will understand, uh, you know, I mean, and if she doesn't, then just... Find an article on the internet where a guy got killed by getting electrocuted through his wedding ring. Have her read it and then just say, do you still feel the same way? Then maybe we ought to, you know, not be together anymore. You know, as far as safety goes, that's what I'm mostly concerned with. Okay, with the jewelry thing. Okay, if you got a nose ring and you're looking at an engine and all of a sudden uh, a shard of a, of a belt comes out and wraps itself around your nose ring and pulls your fucking face down into the engine compartment and lets the fan chew your face up, then you might think to yourself, geez, I probably should have taken the fucking thing off as you're getting your fifth and sixth plastic surgery to make you look like a human being again, okay? So that's my that's my beef with jewelry. I don't really care if people wear jewelry, to be honest with you. I know a lot of you have jewelry, and right now you're saying, what the fuck are you talking about, Uncle Jimmy, you asshole? <laughs> Listen, I just don't want you to get hurt, okay? I, that's, that's it right there, okay? I'm not a big fan. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of jewelry. Just don't 
get hurt. And if you get hurt with the jewelry, for fuck's sake, don't put pictures on the goddamn internet. I don't need to see. I don't need to see that shit, please. Uh, now I want to get back to this, okay? Because if you're gonna wear gloves to protect your hands from from fluids, there's one in particular that you need to protect more than just your hands and your eyes. It's refrigerant, okay? Now refrigerant has evolved over. Uh, several decades. The original refrigerant in an automobile, I think probably a lot of you who work on AC systems know this very well. Uh, The original refrigerant in in automobiles was R12, which was a fluorocarbon-based refrigerant, and it was cheap as shit to make. DuPont made billions and billions of pounds of it, and we used to, I remember, I'm old enough to remember selling the shit for literally 99 cents a can and one pound can right now one pound cans of r12 uh would probably sell for 100 150 dollars but what happened was is these fluorocarbon based refrigerants uh, absolutely completely raised havoc with the ozone layer and the ozone layer is very important it protects us all from the uv rays of the sun and when you waste it when you make it go away when, when it gets destroyed uh, we start to suffer uh, different types of health concerns because the ozone layer is supposed to keep shit out that will fuck you up. And if it's not there, that shit gets in and wait for it. It fucks you up, okay? So it had to go. It had to go. And you know what's filed is, is that we didn't know that right away. It took a long time to learn that because we started having air conditioning systems in cars, you know, some of the high, high, high-end cars back in the 40s. And it started to become more and more popular in the, in, the, in the 50s. And then again, more and more popular in the 60s. And then into the 70s. And now you can, I don't even think you can buy a car now that doesn't have air conditioning. But for a long, long time, the air conditioning refrigerant of choice was R12. We didn't know that it damaged the ozone and that it was probably going to, to kill us all eventually by completely destroying the ozone. And one of the things that I found, and this was, you know, for somebody who's doing AC work nowadays and is familiar with the uh, different concerns with the refrigerants, I was shocked when I was reading. I have, uh, some of you may or may not know this, I purchased about a year and a half ago a 68 Olds Cutlass and it was equipped with air conditioning. A lot of these cars work were equipped with air conditioning. It was really starting to become the, the thing back in the late 60s. And so I purchased a service manual for this car. And it's a two book, two volume set, and it covers all the systems in the car, all the systems, every single system in the car, from the air conditioning to the rear axle, to the transmission, to the engine. It tells you the specs, it tells you how to fix them, it tells you what to look for when you're diagnosing them. They're really fabulous. If you have uh, an old vehicle of any type, you will definitely want to get the factory service manual, especially if you're, we're talking about a General Motors car here. Uh, the manual is is unbelievable. It's just a wealth of information. There is nothing that is not in there, okay? Now, uh, what I wanted to point out was that I was uh, reading up on the air conditioning because uh, it obviously doesn't work now. Uh, one of the hoses actually broke uh, when I was removing the engine and I, I you know, I expected that. This, the, the car is 52 years old. I expect things to break. I expect things to fuck up when I'm taking them apart on the car. Um, and so the air conditioner needs to be repaired. And I was just kind of studying the repair, the uh, service manual to see what's up with the uh, air conditioning system. And one of the lines that stood out to me, jumped out like a, a sore thumb at me was that if you're going to service the air conditioning system on a 68 Cutlass, according to the service manual, they say to vent the refrigerant to atmosphere. They made no attempt whatsoever 
to recover the refrigerant and reuse it. None, none. There was just, it was so cheap and so readily available that they just said, fuck it, just get it out of there. I mean, it's like the air in the tires. You could let the air out of a tire because it's air. They were like, oh, you can just let the air out of an air conditioning system because it's just refrigerant. It's no big deal. It, uh, it you know, it, it evaporates immediately. Uh, it's cold right off the bat because it's usually in a liquid form. Not always. Uh, but either way, when it's coming out, it's hauling ass and uh, it, it can freeze you. So you want to stay away from it. But other than that, you just release it to the atmosphere. And I stopped in my tracks and I read that and I go, you know, to me, 1968 wasn't that long ago. I mean, yeah, 50 years, half a decade, but still, I, I see cars all the time that were built in the 60s. I go to shows and stuff like that. You're trying to tell me that all these cars that had any kind of air conditioning problem over the years and up to, wait for it, 1992, if you were going to work on the AC system, you just said, fuck it, out the door it goes. Just release the shit to atmosphere, fix whatever it is you got to fix, and refill it. Vacuum it down, have it suck in however many pounds it's supposed to use, which was the other thing. Some of these capacities on these systems was enormous. So, you know, because uh, nowadays uh, you're lucky if they take a pound. These AC systems are so efficient and they're small and they do such a great job. And the way they, the way they work is just so much better that they don't require two, three, four pounds of refrigerant to make a car cool. Now, here's a downside to that, okay? I'm also old enough to remember a, an old uh, R12 system in a, uh, in a General Motors car. I think uh, uh, my brother had a 76 Cutlass, uh, which is the actual real reason why I'm a big Oldsmobile guy. And this car had air conditioning. It had a 350 rocket engine and had air conditioning. And on a hot summer day, you could make fucking ice with this thing. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. The air that came out of it would give you frostbite. It was so fucking cold. And it was an R12 system. You know, it was one of those ones where they had the big canister that held excess liquid refrigerant and it had an orifice tube. And man, that motherfucker worked real fucking good. But uh, we didn't know at the time that we were... Uh, potentially destroying the atmosphere of the planet. So we had to get away from that. And then there was 134. And now we have uh, 1234YF. I have a special nickname for that. I'm not going to share it with you. <laughs> I don't need people going around calling it what I call it because it's not very user-friendly. Um, if you want, uh, hit me up on Hit me up on Facebook and I'll tell you what it, what my nickname for it is. But uh, some some of you would know it. But uh, but the and they've got it down now to the point where the one two three four YF refrigerant is sucks to deal with that because the machine will not recharge the system if there's a leak and it makes you stop in the middle and check for a leak and so you know you can't just set it and go. You have to kind of monitor it and. Uh, it, it definitely takes a lot longer to, to dick around with that than it did with the 134, which was the, the stuff in the middle. The reason for the 1234YF is that it has uh, really almost no effect on the ozone layer of the planet. So it's a much safer refrigerant as far as the environment goes and leaving the planet livable for other beings. Uh, so don't throw oil in a drain. And don't let shit seep into the drain that's poisonous or otherwise not good for the environment. Uh, put that shit into some sort of a container so that it can be recycled or at least disposed of properly, okay? Now, there's a lot of places that have, uh, when I 
in the north anyway, I would say. Uh, probably not in the south so much because uh, I'm in the south now, but I was in the north. There's a lot of places up north where they have waste oil furnaces. And so if you have oil that, you know, you you do oil changes in cars and after a while you have, you know, 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 gallons of oil, maybe even weekly you have 50 gallons of oil that are waste oil. Uh, these are places that can recycle it somewhat by using it to make heat. Uh, it's it's taking the energy out of out of the oil and burning it and create, creating heat and using it to warm their shop. Uh, that's actually uh, I would think that's a pretty good use for oil. Lots of places uh, take their oil and actually recycle it. I got to be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, I'm not going to put recycled oil in my car. You might think, wow, Uncle Jimmy, you're over here chastising us about how we, you know, fuck up with the fluids, and yet you're saying you wouldn't use recycled oil. And there's a good reason for that, because in my oil drain, I also happen to put other stuff, like sometimes some coolant gets in there, sometimes. Sometimes transmission fluid gets in there. Sometimes brake fluid gets in there. Sometimes I spit into the fucking thing, okay? I don't want any of that shit in my crankcase for my engine you know and they're gonna tell you oh no no we skim all that shit off the top yeah 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 sure you do okay i'm buying that one i'm not gonna use uh recycled oil okay if you want to use recycled oil that's fine it's if your customers are okay with it that's cool i don't have a problem with that i'm just not gonna do it on my own personal vehicle Uh, i like to use a good premium engine oil in my car and uh so far, so good, you know? I don't have to worry about that stuff. Now, one one of the last things I want to talk to you about is being safe around equipment, okay? There's a lot of equipment in the shop, and this is the last thing I want to... I just want to kind of put this out there, too. Um, we've talked about it before, but I just... I can't shake the image. Uh, there was a video out there, and I bet you if you look for it, you could probably find it without too much trouble. There's a video out there of two guys working on a Rolls Royce of all things. And it's on a lift, it's up in the air and they're fucking with it. And I don't know what the fuck they're doing or what they're trying to do, but these two guys got that thing rocking and the lift wasn't set correctly and the fucking thing fell on them. And I thought it only killed one of them. But apparently the other guy got the fuck out of there and then got the fuck back in again, uh, which is really, to me, some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. But you know what? It's a Darwin thing, he's dead now. Okay, he wasn't that smart. He, he at first he appeared like he was smart enough to survive this. Okay, he got the fuck out of there, which the other guy didn't do. But then he came back, which makes him even dumber than the first guy, because the first guy tried to hold the car up. And I don't know any human being on earth who can hold up a five thousand pound car. So uh, listen, seriously, it was it's a horrendous video. I've had to watch it a couple of different times, uh, and I don't enjoy it. It makes me cringe. If you're working with a lift. Don't just kick the arms underneath, okay? I know that, you know, you, you want to work as quickly as you possibly can. I know that you, you, you think you're getting them right where they need to be. Maybe you're not. Maybe you are, okay? But all you have to do is fuck up one time because only one car has to fall on you to kill you. You might lift up two, three, five, ten thousand cars in your lifetime. But if you lift up one of them, one of them, wrong, and it falls on you, and kills you, that's it. It's all over for you. End of story, okay? I don't want to hear about anybody out there who listens to this podcast getting killed because they didn't put a car in a lift correctly or it fell off because they didn't set the fucking arms right, okay? Don't let it happen to you, please, all right? Uh, There's other equipment in the shop that could fucking rip your nuts off and fucking show them to you. The uh, press, okay? Now, we (laughs) we have an amazing fucking press 
where I work. Actually, we have two of them. I've only ever used the one. Um, and I was using it uh, not too long ago to try to remove a ball joint from a General Motors lower control arm on an early A body, my 68 Cutlass. And it uh, it missed, okay? Uh, apparently I missed and it punched a fucking hole right through the, the control arm and ruined it. Now these things are not, they're not cheap or chintzy by any stretch of the imagination. These things are fucking thick. They're from 1968, boys and girls. These things were fucking solid as a rock. And this press punched through it like a hot butter through knife. Now, if you get some some part of your body in there, it's gonna fuck your shit up in a hurry. So you need to be careful around the press. And also too, if you're trying to press something out or press something in and you don't have it set up right and and you're just fucking hammering away on the brake on the pedal or on the handle for the fucking jack and all of a sudden whatever it is decides it doesn't wanna be in there anymore and it gets a fucking chance to sneak the fuck out of there at, oh, by the way, breaknet speed. It could come shooting out of there and kick your fucking ass. It could hit you in the face. It could hit you in the head. Uh, if you're wearing safety glasses, hopefully it doesn't hit you in the eye, but it could. These things, you know, one of these things could fucking kill you in a hurry. A shard of steel could be holding up the whole process and you're trying to press it in to something and all of a sudden it lets go and it shoots out at the speed that typically bullets come out of a gun. It could go right through you. It could go right through you. So you have to be careful. Be fucking careful and pay fucking attention to what the fuck you're doing, okay? The press is one of those things that could kick your ass. One of the other things, and this thing always makes me nervous as a motherfucker. There's no two ways around it. It's the uh, strut spring compressor, the spring compressor for struts. Uh, There's several different kinds out there. Uh, One of the more common ones is the one with the big uh, spinner handle on the top and it's got Acme threads in it and it squeezes the spring together so you can undo the the nut on the top of a strut and put a new one in there. Boys and girls, if you squeeze a spring a lot, you're basically making a fucking bomb. And so if you don't have that shit in there just right, that bomb's gonna go off. And here again, this this is something that could just kick your ass in seconds flat. I mean, it could it could blast you against a wall. It could rip through whatever you got. It could rip through your arm. It could rip through your chest. It could rip through your head. It's just the kinetic energy built up in a spring, especially if you've been squeezing the fucking shit out of it, trying to get a strut out. It could fucking kill you. Don't let it kill you. I don't want to hear about any of you going, yeah, a guy at work, he was squeezing a spring to take a strut off. It's, it slipped out of the holder. It hit him in the head, and now he's dead. I don't want to hear that. Okay, I don't want that to happen. Keep that shit from happening, will you please? And they can just as easily take fingers or maybe even an arm or yeah, honestly, if you, if you you know if you drop the fucking thing, it could take your fucking toes off or at least break your ankle or break your foot or something. Just be careful around all this shit. There's some other stuff. There's other stuff that could kick your kick your ass or kick you in the balls at the very least. Uh, you know, jacks and that sort of equipment. If you're gonna work on the ground and you're gonna jack up a car, don't you ever, and don't fucking tell me you did, don't ever go underneath a car that is supported by nothing but a jack. I've seen too many jacks in my lifetime fail. I, I had one fail on me and I just got out from underneath the fucking car in time to keep from getting my fat, ugly head crushed, okay? So I don't fuck around. If I jack something up, for whatever reason, I put jack stands underneath it. I mean, even if I'm not gonna crawl underneath it, which a lot of times, you know, if you're doing brakes, you're not crawling underneath the car. I mean, you know, unless you you straddle the ground, unless you, you get right on a creeper or something, you're not gonna do brakes uh, 
laying on a creeper prone, but it could happen. And if you're on a jack and the jack says, hey, you know what? Fuck you, pal. Boom. Next thing you know, you're dead. I don't want to hear that, okay? So let's be safe out there with, with jacks and jack stands. And, and if you have, for Christ's sakes, if you have those goddamn Harbor Freight jack stands, they recalled them all. They, they, they had some they said were not affected early on, and then they went back and said, yeah, no, those suck too. So if you, and I have a set. I have a set. I haven't returned them yet because actually, well, I'm still using them. But if you have a set, definitely try to get over there and get them back to them. Well, the problem is, is that uh, right now they're they're doing a job for me. They're they're doing something, and so uh, I haven't had the chance yet to take them out from underneath the car that they're under, and uh, get them back to them, and get my money back. Because I went in there the other day, it was probably about a week ago. Uh, I needed what did I need that they had? I forget what it was. Uh, probably something silly, but uh, they had no jack stands, nothing, and so they had to go back to the drawing board and. And start over again, and probably the the next version that comes out will hopefully be tested, and hopefully uh, pass some sort of safety standards for jack stands. I don't know if there are any; there probably should be. But uh, whatever, whatever you do, don't get underneath uh, a vehicle without jack stands. And even the Harbor Freight ones are only going to collapse so much; they're not going to let a car come down and crush you flat. I mean, even if they, they come down, there's still going to be a good, you know, 12 inches of the main body of the jack stand that holds the car up. So if if you have nothing at all, at least you had that, okay? And if it, if they fail completely and kill you, uh, you can say, hey, Uncle Jimmy, I told you so from the grave. I'll get the Ouija board out and we can have a chat about it if you want, okay? Uh, other things that can cause you uh, safety issues in the shop, uh, flammable materials. We talked about gasoline. Gasoline's a good one. Don't get it on your skin. It causes contact dermatitis. It's not good for you. Have gloves on if you got to fuck with gasoline. Uh, unfortunately, in our business, as automotive technicians, we have to screw around with gasoline quite a bit, okay? In fact, I've screwed around with gasoline so much to the point where I can tell you what grade of fuel it is by the smell of it. And I don't imagine that smelling gasoline is actually a really good idea anyway. It's probably... Uh, killing brain cells much in the order of sniffing other things uh, but you, you know you get used to the smell of certain gasolines and after a while you smell some and you go "Ooh, yeah that's whatever that is it's not gas anymore and if the car's not running that's probably why that has happened to me and recently too by the way gasoline is a very short shelf life as far as being usable as an automotive fuel so if you get somebody who comes in and says oh you know i've been away for a year and my car doesn't run right well you need to get the gas out of it because uh, if you left and went out of town and had a full tank of gas, I can assure you that it is not gasoline anymore. It is something that may smell somewhat similar to gasoline, and it may even react the same as gasoline if you set a match to it, but it's not going to run your car, especially some of the stuff that I have that has still pretty high compression ratios. And on top of that, handling gasoline besides just handling it and smelling it you have to be careful not to set the shit on fire and it sounds like you know oh that you know i have nobody's nobody's set gasoline on fire in my shop in a long time but yeah but you know what it's a hop skip and a piddle to get that shit on fire you know uh does it has a low flash point and you can set it on fire really fucking easy with a spark or maybe a cigarette or maybe somebody's using a torch three bays down and you're fucking with a gas tank and gas uh, flows downhill and your shop is built on a hill and next thing you know your shop's ablaze and uh, I believe it was about a year maybe a year and a half ago a shop somewhere in the United States was set completely on fucking fire because someone didn't realize that they were using a torch and someone else was fucking with a gas tank and that shop got gutted pretty good you know 
I don't think anybody got killed. I'm very happy about that. I'm not happy about a shop being put out of commission and guys not being able to work because the shop is, well, Cajun. It's a Cajun shop now where everything's burnt to a crisp. But uh, at least they were safe and uh, and they got the hell out and uh, nobody got killed. But uh, still, you don't want to burn your shop down. Um, well, maybe, maybe, just maybe you do. But uh, let's hope you really don't, okay? Because that's not cool. Uh, you know, showing up to work and finding a burned out structure and finding soot and all over your tools and the paint's burned off your toolbox and fire department and the fire marshal won't even let you in to fuck with your tools anyway, probably. Because it's it may be a crime scene, who knows? Depends on what kind of work your shop does. It depends on what kind of neighborhood it's in too. You never know. Uh, some neighborhoods have a tendency to catch on fire more often than others. Um, and you can draw whatever conclusion you want from that, boys and girls. This whole podcast is about keeping you safe. Keeping you safe and keeping you healthy and keeping you happy. And that's really... Uh, one of my major goals. It would be great if we could all get raises. It would be great if we were all paid what we're worth. It would be great if we were happy at work. It would be great if we worked with people who were happy to be at work. It would be great if a lot of different things happen. But one of the things that we have to do is make sure that it's great and has a chance to be great by not fucking up and not taking certain shit and not realizing how dangerous it can be. Okay, so let's be safe out there and then we can figure out how to be happy after we're safe. That's really pretty much all I have to say about that. I just don't want you to uh, have to deal with any of the dangers of being an auto mechanic, okay? So let's try to figure out what the dangers we have in our shops and try to alleviate them or to minimize their effect on us. And let's get let's get on with being good, honest, hardworking technicians and making a good, honest, hardworking wage and being excellent employees and being excellent people. Okay. All right. That's it for me. This is your Uncle Jimmy. I'm going to try to get out of here as safely as I can. And every time I do that, I just go, see ya.